We're judging the world and saying what sucks, we're reviews. Versus the world. And Zelda's like this. So you put them right next to each other. Go it's like they're court. reaching for each other. Go in court. No, it's, it's your oh, that's You said, I did that thing. I did that thing when you, you said Zelda and I thought Link. And I was like, oh, yeah, Link could get Zelda. Oh. <laughs> yeah. What if Zelda was a girl? What if Zelda was a girl? <laughs> oh my god. So I think we should go ahead and get started on that note. Hey, everybody, welcome to Reviews vs. the World. <laughs> Coming to you live from the sweltering sauna that is Steven's house, where the air conditioning doesn't work. Yay! Yay! There's a oh. tiny cloud of, of perspiration that has accumulated across the ceiling. It's wonderful. So we've got a, a great bunch of people here. Um, so my house, I am obviously here, and I'll be hosting today's segment. We've got John here. Welcome, John. Hello. Hello, Brady. Hi. Emily is here. Hello. Hi. And after a while, we are glad to welcome back Aldo. Yay. He's alive. Hola. Ah, uh, ethnicity. It's wonderful <laughs> to have diversity. <laughs> now we can make those jokes that you guys couldn't before. It's so great. I'm glad that we're like actually friends, because otherwise it would be really uncomfortable. Oh yeah. It's probably still a little uncomfortable. Um, anyway, so after that casual racism, let's talk about what we've been into for the last month. Although since it's been a while since you've been here, what have you been into? Anime mostly. Well, yeah. Um, well, there's, there's been a lot of anime, but I guess uh, we'll get super super recent. Uh, Secret Wars from Marvel's event. Yeah. I've been trying to wean myself off of single issues and trying to convert to trades. Can't but, do uh, that with single with uh, Secret Wars. You you really can't. But you know what? This is some of the best stuff that uh, Marvel has come out with in years. This is what happens when a publisher decides what the heck. Let's throw it all out the window and just do whatever the crap we want. And it's awesome because so the whole premise behind the Secret Wars, real fast, is that the six one six and the Ultimate Universe have collided and everything kind of blew up and so in the great abyss of blown up planets and universes um <laughs> Stephen strange failed to save everything and it was doom who stepped in and made a patchwork world called battle world of all the remnants of all these worlds yeah so like dr doom is like god or something yeah so he actually calls himself god doom oh okay <laughs> Well, there uh, we go. So, so people actually say, God doom it. Um, <laughs> yeah. no, no. <laughs> and I actually wow. feel like that might have been the entire purpose of that setup. You know, there was one writer who was like, hey, I got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> and Joe K. Sutter was just like, do it. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's actually been really cool. I mean, just all this whole premise that everything's kind of, you know, they're continuing like super old, like closed off storylines, like Old Man Logan is continuing. Um, but they're also doing new stuff like Battle World, where it just shows you kind of remnants of all these universes colliding. But one of the coolest aspects, one of my favorite stories that they've done is called Thor's, because uh, Doom's private army military cop people are just a bunch of Thor's from all over the universe. So you have like a Groot Thor, you have a Storm, yeah, Groot Thor, you have a, a Storm Thor, you have like Ultimate Thor, regular, there's a Fat Thor in there for some Wait, reason. Wait, a, a Storm Thor, that means that she can use lightning, right? Yes. Double, okay. double lightning. Double lightning. Double lightning all <laughs> double. the time. <laughs> so, so th their own single issue, like their own storyline, is a murder mystery where somebody is killing uh, Jane Foster's from all these different worlds, and Ultimate Thor is like the lead cop, and like his 
his uh, buddy who has like underground contacts is Beta Ray Bill or Beta <laughs> Beta Ray Thor. They call him Beta Ray Thor. They call him Beta Ray Thor. And so the issue ends with Beta Ray Thor's been murdered while they're investigating the murders of the of the Jane Fosters. And it's kind of it's like the best episode of CSI that was never written. Yeah, that sounds like <laughs> it. I'd like to just dibs murder of the Jane Fosters as my next uh, band name. Missed opportunity, the comic really should have been called the Thor Core. <laughs> well there is the Carol Denver's. Uh, oh, there's the, the Carol Core. Yeah. Okay. So they probably. And there's also like just, a, there's also the uh, ghost races where they take all these different ghost riders and put them in death race. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh my gosh, that's so fun! The more I hear about this, the more I hear all of my money just disappearing. It's, I already am, I'm already in for the Runaways. Yeah. So oh, I mean, Runaways. Yeah. So, so, good. so there's it's, no, it's going to be different because it's not the Runaways. It's Molly and Newton, like Bucky. And yeah, but Molly's like the best anyway. That is correct. I love. Molly. So so there's just a, like a lot of really. I, I told myself I was going to pick like five stories and just follow those until everything reset in August. I'm like nine stories, uh, <laughs> nine single issues that I'm picking up like a week, and I'm just like you know. Stop. Once you buy them all, then they're gonna have this big, huge book come out where it's all of Battle World and all of everything, and then. But it's fine because I don't want to spend two hundred dollars. <laughs> I mean, saving up two hundred dollars, I'll buy that. That sounds like a blast. Yeah. But then you get all the crap. Anyways, but that's uh, I mean, just the most recently that's that was it. It's what pretty cool. Very cool. I love it. All right, Emily, what have you been into? I've been into adulting. I've been packing and packing and working and packing. Um, I've been I've been changing accounts from Rocky Power and Questar into my name. So yeah, wow, it's wow, that's Thank very adult. Calls. Um, it's nothing exciting, really. I'm sorry. I love you all. You're so beautiful. So I when do you move? You. Um, Monday. You move on Monday. Wow. And you're here talking about. Nerdy television shows and stuff with hey, us. Yeah, I gotta get it out somehow, someday, somewhere. Uh, that's great. You should you should put on television shows while you pack. Well, I put on Sun movies because on I have now. no internet in my house right now. Yay! Well, there's this there's this thing that we used to have back in my day that were called DVDs. Yeah, I have DVDs. <laughs> I have like two Blu-rays and the rest of my hundreds of movies are DVDs because I don't know. I have a complex about it. So what's your movie? Your moving movie that you put on while you're packing? Well, today I put on the holiday. <laughs> let's not get into that again, please. Oh, please, let's not get into that again. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Stay away from our ladies, Jude Law. I, I feel like I'm missing something. Yeah, tune into the last couple of podcasts. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's it. You've been trolling John. That sounds great. Yep, story of my life. <laughs> well, so Brady, what have you been into? So, this might come as a shock to you guys, but I've been playing Batman Arkham Knight. What? what? Somebody should do a review of that. I know, seriously. But I'm not going to go really into detail on that, because I want you to watch my review instead, because it's clever and I'm funny. I already did, and you used information I gave you in private. I know! In private trust. <laughs> I was getting quoted. It says that I have like 26 single issues of Batman. No, 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 no. It's 26 volumes of collected I'm Batman actually, comic. I'm actually a little offended, because I said I have over 150. You're like, 150. I'm like, no, sir. No. <laughs> my bank account will argue that. <laughs> I gave you a floor, not a ceiling. <laughs> Very nice. But other than that, I've been I've been re-watching some of my favorite TV shows because there's not really much that's on during the summer. True. And so I've actually dug back into 
two of my probably top five TV shows of all time that I just haven't watched in quite a while. Um, and so I've been re-watching Lost. Good for a couple seasons, great character work throughout, but the, the first season I think is a master class mm -hmm. in, in like... Oh, yeah. That's something about, like, non-linear cryptic storytelling. That's the that one right. where everybody's dead, right? Way to spoil it! <laughs> <laughs> Although, yes. So, for a seven-year-old television show. So, yeah. so, so here, here's my thing. I'm in Lost for the character work. Yeah. And, you know, the mysteries were never really all that exciting to me. What I cared about are seeing these amazing performances and this character development that... You know, especially at that time, you just couldn't find anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And it's just masterclass. I mean, any time that you have Michael Emerson, who plays Ben, mm -hmm. and Terry O'Quinn, who plays Locke, together on screen, it's dynamite. Yeah. It's absolutely outstanding. Yeah, true, true. Fun, and, oh, so I was going to say, fun bit of trivia. It was Lost that inspired what in the Pokemon community is known as a Nuzlocke challenge. What? Good? Oh, oh, okay. You'll have to explain that a little bit more for for the audience, because so, I don't think that the audience knows what you're doing. So a Nuzlocke challenge is a self-imposed rule that where you can only get... You can only capture the first Pokemon that you find in any area, and any Pokemon that faints is officially dead and has to be deposited into the box, or you can release it, or whatever. Um, and you cannot use healing items. You, only, you can only go to uh, Pokemon centers. And so it's kind of this uh, little self-imposed rule... Um, it kind of stems from this comic of somebody who was writing their journey, and they had a, uh, a Pokemon named Nuzleaf, uh, and they drew it with Locke's face. Ah. So it was called Nuzlocke. Nuzlocke. The so internet is so weird. It is. It is. Goodness. I watched all of Lost, which was good for three and a half seasons, and it just kind of... <laughs> Yeah. Worse yeah. Worse. Yes, there were no did. Pokemon on that island, sir. There's Not that you clip. saw. There's oh, a yeah. smoke monster that He's was... a ghastly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry? He's a gangster. He's a brush up on the Pokemon. And then the second show that I've been watching that I think that a couple of people here will have strong opinions about is Pushing Daisies. Yay! Yeah, so um, I went and saw Minions last night, and I came home and watched a couple of episodes of Pushing Daisies so I could remind myself what quality looked like. <laughs> <laughs> True story. I have not pushed any daisies. Oh, That's no. a shame. Well, like, I, don't, here. I don't. You should, because it is a great show, and it's just full of amazing writing, comedy, wit, music, just Kristen visually. Chenoweth. Just Kristen Chenoweth. It's worth it. Yes. Uh, it's funny. She won the Emmy for that after the show had already been canceled. Yeah. yeah. Wah, wah. I feel like Kristen Chenoweth is uh, my roadblock to actually watching. Your romantic oh. lead is Ronan the Accuser. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we got him back in. <laughs> and, Good stuff. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah, so that's about it. John, what have you been into? I saw Inside Out four times. <laughs> you beat me. I've that's, only seen it thrice. That's one for every emotion, almost. <laughs> one more time. Anger needs his day. You know, he does. <laughs> he, he's in charge in my head a lot of the time. I would watch a whole movie of just anger. During puberty. Oh! <laughs> As they wow. start giving him more and more controls. No, the bit where the bit where she bumps into that boy at the end and is his brain's girl, 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 just going crazy and stuff's on fire. Oh, man. Her alarms are going off. My favorite is still when when, uh, when he wants to press the swear button. He's like, can we use the curse word now? It's a really good one. Ooh, let's use that curse word we know. Yeah. Um, so then when they gave him access to the whole curse word library. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a good gag. Great payoff. Um, that, that's pretty much been it. Like <laughs> four viewings of a single movie does take a long time. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'd go back and see Jurassic Park again or Jurassic World again tomorrow. Oh yeah. Um, I thought uh, Terminator was okay. It was okay. You know, I recommended this a, a matinee. Right. Good red box. There were some things that Arnold was really great. Um, Amelia, is it Amelia Clark? Yeah. Yeah, she was amazing in it. Sarah Connor. And like, she's hot. Perfect. Yeah. Well, that's. I'm trying to focus on. Yeah, she's smoking. But <laughs> <laughs> is that a pun? Yeah. <laughs> but that's all. Movies, movies, and Ant Man. I'm gonna go see tomorrow. Very excited. Yay. Yeah. So it's supposed to be fun. All right, everybody. So uh, yeah. Um, I would like to say that I've done something over the last month other than lie around in my house watching anime. Um, I would really, really, really like to say that. Instead, I'm going to tell you about this anime that I watched. <laughs> There's actually been two, but I'm going to save comments on one of them because it, it'll tie into the discussion today. So, there's this show called Tiger and Bunny, mm -hmm. which is really kind of bizarre because this is Japan's take on American-style superhero cartoons. It's, like, the main characters are all superheroes. There's a guy named Wild Tiger. He's He's really zealous about being a superhero, but he's not very good at it, so like he'll save lives, but it'll also cause a lot of collateral damage in the process. Um, in this world, superheroes are able to get by on full-time superheroics because they have sponsors. And so their costumes have corporate logos all over them. The part of close so, to so mystery men yeah. territory here. Yeah. Part of the part of the fun is actually that the the uh, sponsorships are real. So companies actually paid to have their names appear in the show. So you've got the the girl, the hot girl, drinking Pepsi oh my throughout God. the entire... So the product placement is a real part of the show, but it ties into the universe. Every, all of the heroes' exploits are broadcast on live TV, and they have points, kind of like a sports season. That's awesome. Um, That's so this really is like a deconstruction of superheroes, because it's very cynical. But at the same time... There's a lot of real heart to it. Like, Wild Tiger really loves being a hero and really loves saving people. Um, but he's not very good at it, and so his sponsors force him to partner up with this other guy who completely stops using code names. He just, he's out there, hi, my name is Barnaby Brooks Jr., and I am a superhero. And he gets called Bunny as a nickname, and that's where the title of the show comes from. Um, but it's, it's so obvious that this show is trying to ape American superhero cartoons because the main villain of the first story arc is this grinning, maniacal, murderous villain who has a female sidekick who calls him Mr. Jake. <laughs> it's, yes. it's so the Joker, it's not even funny. Although he does have superpowers, but, like, so it, it's interesting kind of as an artifact. Like, I don't know that I would recommend anybody really watch the show, but it was a lot of fun. There's a lot of really intrusive CGI and this kind of... Um, aesthetic that I don't know that it really works all the time but you know for what it was it was a lot of fun awesome oh can I add one more thing one super nerdy thing I never thought I'd say I would be doing all right uh, I am in a fantasy league for League of Legends wow. wow that's almost as nerdy as the Magic the Gathering pre-release I went to wow yeah oh. dang yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> I win the nerd off I am however third Stephen Bradford ladies <laughs> I am, however, overall third in my league, so... Yeah, so I, I did. Like, in League of Legends, that's a video game, and in fantasy football, you're not playing football, but you're keeping track of players. Yeah. Are you... Are you, is it a fictional? Is it a, like a video game that you're in a fantasy league for? How does yeah, that so work? it's it's for the North American and European uh, 
official pro leagues that are going on right now. Okay. Um, so it, you're keeping tabs on players and their scores and kills and when they win and stuff like that. Oh, wow. So, so it'd be like the same as a fantasy football, except instead of people tackling each other, they're clicking a the mouse. All right. That's something all right. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not even playing a game. I'm playing a game about people playing a game. <laughs> <laughs> it's Gameception. Meta meta. <laughs> Alright, so, the subject of today's discussion is going to be the intro sequence, or the title sequence, or perhaps even the credits sequence. Bum, bum, bum. So... I do that every time. I'm so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, has to. I'll admit, and I completely thought up of this topic, the reason that I wanted to talk about this was so we could talk about, like, television shows in particular. But we also can tie in a lot of movies, because John brought up in the pre-discussion some movies that have absolutely fantastic title sequences. And so, movie, uh, we've talked about movies and video games a lot. We'll talk about movies some more. If you like the credit sequences in video games, oh, tell me a, what games you're playing. No, no, there's a very good intro sequence to a video game that I have uh, caught and loaded. Ooh. Ready my holster. We'll, we'll pull that out when it's time. So, I wanted to start by talking about what the point is, why do we have the title sequence of the opening sequence, and what, what makes this sort of thing memorable? It's to give you a feel for the show. A lot, I, I feel like a lot of people's first instinct would be, it's to, to tell you what the show is, or to tell you who your characters are, but I feel more than anything, it's to give you an overall feel for what you're in for. Yeah. I would say exposition in an enticing manner. Exposition. That's all. It's the exposition dumping ground. That's true. <laughs> Drawing you in and giving you the briefest possible look at the different characters to let you know exactly what it is that you're getting into. Yeah. I'd say in movies it can be a way to get you in the mood for whatever the tone of the film is. Right. Or it can be used in an interesting way for storytelling. Um, I've seen, for example, the, the Edward Norton Hulk movie. They told the whole story of his accident and how he became the Hulk just in the opening credits. Right. Honestly, that's the best part of that movie, too. It is. It's, <laughs> so let's not waste time on this. We want to have opening credits, so great. We're going to use that time to get the backstory out of the way so we're not wasting film time on it. Yeah. Great use of it. So I it's think, a way I, that you can and, you know, forward and, the story. And I, I would also add that that opening sequence is better than the entire Eric Bana. <laughs> I would agree. Movie. I, uh, I, yeah, I, I'm not trying to sell the movie short, because I actually quite like The Incredible Hulk. I don't love it, but I do like it. Uh -huh. But I get so tired of superhero origin stories. That title sequence was the greatest way to get that they, out. Yep. They also did that for Spider-Man 2, which I felt was a great way for like, oh, you're here with your teenage son? Here's everything that happened in the first movie that you probably forgot about. Yeah. Last time on Spider-Man. Right. It is a great way for superhero movies, I think, to get that origin story out of the way. And I think that that highlights a really important part of what the title sequence can do. It can be a storytelling tool. Can be. Isn't always. Frequently isn't. Right. Avengers should have used that instead of wasting 30 minutes of my movie. <laughs> I liked that opening fight I... scene. I cheered a little. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but, um... I think about last year's Godzilla movie as well, yeah, um, which had a surprisingly really good opening title sequence that did carried a lot of storytelling weight. Mm -hmm. It talks about like the military knew this monster existed, sort of, because it has all of the files coming up, and then they black out some of the parts until only the pertinent names are left. Like, 
uh, Barry Cranston. I forgot his first name. Brian? Brian. Yeah. So I like Barry Cranston. Barry Cranston. <laughs> That's when he wears a mustache and goes out in public. Hi, my name is Barry Cranston. Yeah, but the problem is he also does that only wearing whitey tidies and a button-up shirt, so he's instantly recognizable. So yeah, the uh, one thing I think that a title sequence does, especially I think more for television shows than for movies, is that sometimes the title sequence provides a context for what's going to follow. Right. Especially if you look at some of the cartoons that we grew up with, because the animation budgets at the time, and I mentioned this last month when we were talking about anime opening sequences in the middle of our video game discussion, and I mentioned this when we talked about video game cutscenes, sometimes the feel of a story can't come through because the budget doesn't allow for it. Like, animation doesn't really allow you to tell the type of story that you want to tell, so you put all of that money into the minute and 30 seconds intro right before your Thundercats cartoon. Yep. I am a full-grown 30-year-old man who knows better than to watch the Thundercats. But if I watch that introduction, I want to watch more Thundercats. Um, yeah. The, the show can't possibly live up to that introduction, but that introduction will get you psyched. And oh, you'll, you'll really enjoy the experience a lot more. Oh yeah, for sure. So what makes a title sequence or an intro sequence good? What elements of it make us want to watch it as opposed to hitting the fast-forward button? Music, for me. Good music, whether it's... Whether it's a dorky little theme song, or it's just thematic music in the background while they're doing some dialogue or no dialogue, and just seeing the characters doing something, that's what sells it for me most of the time. I'll, I would yeah. kudos that pretty much. Um, there's also some, some shows, I mean, some shows have higher budget where they can change and alter the intro sequence, and there's the ones that do little Easter eggs, and they do little things that kind of entice you, like they'll bring in a character that hasn't been in before, so you're like, oh, this character, I, don't, I haven't seen this character in the intro before, does this mean I'm going to see them now? You know, all of a sudden a character's gone, and you're like, oh, it's because they died two episodes ago. Right. Oh, sad. <laughs> see, and, and that brings me into two of my favorite shows of all time that both are from the same creator, and both have little changes in each of their title sequences that makes them my absolute favorite title sequences. And that is Simpsons and Futurama. Mm. Uh, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about these more, I think, as we get into the, the second half of this oh, discussion. Definitely. But yeah, no, those are, those are definitely examples that I thought of as I was trying to think of good title sequences. Definitely. Also, also I think there's some merit to uh, keeping it short sometimes, because there are shows that have rather long intro sequences or just rather long and it's just like no that's too much they're cutting into my story time stuff. look at Seinfeld right. nothing the title card comes up the music comes up for a little bit and then in the first scene you're still getting you know the names of the people on the show mm -hmm. and that's yeah. fine and like that's that's it yeah it doesn't and have to have any short and sweet and yeah. that music is instantly recognizable yeah <laughs> well somebody else could probably let's get Bobby McFerrin in here to do this <laughs> yes. Seinfeld theme is he in our budget <laughs> probably we have a budget <laughs> another one that I kind of think of is The Office yeah which yeah. has a really 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 short opening sequence and actually I would say mostly an unmemorable one but that music is such an identifiable part of that show, the American Office in particular, right. of course. Um, yeah, like, when I first got into The Office, I would sometimes walk away from a show with that song stuck in my head. Right. That's a madness mantra, if ever there was one. It's just this, like, eye-pitched sort of thing. I'm like, all of a sudden, my nails are, like, scraping against the wall and bleeding. But, yeah, 
Um, I remember listening to a commentary on one of the episodes of The Office, and they talked about how great it was that they had this iconic music as the intro to their show, because then when they won all of the awards, as they're walking up to get the award, it's playing their music. And it, it's a brand. People recognize The Office brand because of that song. Right. So that, I think, is an important part of, of what the title sequence does, is it creates uh, almost a sense of community, because you could like go into public and start humming the theme song, and if people recognize it, You've made a new friend. Mm -hmm. Another one that, that actually really makes me think of is Modern Family. Yeah. Because yeah. Modern Family will take the last frame of the introductory segment, and that becomes then a picture where, you know, they just flip around the picture, and then it's the other family, then it's the other family, then it's the other family, and then it's over. Mm -hmm. So the entire title sequence is 15 seconds, but you can't forget that music, and you can't forget how nice and just quippy it is. Right. That also reminds me a little bit of uh, NCIS and like, I mean, I guess it's not like the intro sequence per se, but it is that segment right before the actual, you know, intro sequence where they'll show you a little bit of out of context scene and it freezes, does a little black and white freeze on like the last frame and you're just like, wait, who died? Wait, what? What's going to happen? <laughs> Why does he have a gun in his face? I don't like this. And then it you, you have to watch it. Yep. The cold open. Yeah, as it were. Yep. And they do That's... that. And she, like, like Emily said, they do that before every commercial, and it mm -hmm. just kind of hugs you. But that first one, I think, is like the most important. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, when, let's say you're sitting down to binge watch your favorite show on Netflix, or you're you're ready to like sit back and turn on a good movie, what makes you skip the title sequence? Music. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let me let me just say this. I I really think that we need to have a Joss Whedon podcast episode. <laughs> Probably at some point. Probably at Has some point. Yeah. But and you're gonna you're gonna bring up how bad the music is on Firefly. But Firefly's <laughs> opening sequence, that music doesn't fit the tone of the show. Are you kidding me? And it bugs the crap out of me every time that I hear it. I just want to. Ah! Firefly's on my list of shows with good music that I wanted to oh, talk about. Gosh. <laughs> I love the intro to Firefly. Gag me. You are the only one. You're I must be the only one. one. It was my favorite part of the show. What is that show I is? I hate that opening music. And and it's one of those things where I'm just like, ah, this again, you know. <laughs> and here's the thing. I understand that Firefly is a space western. Yeah. But it's more space than western. But I think that... Serenity. <laughs> <laughs> the show is more western than... Anyway. <laughs> okay. Bad, the, the music is horrible. It's I horrible. love that I, opening. I, I'm the only one in this room who loves that uh, opening. Emily, I've said like four times that I like it too. Oh, I'm the yeah. mouse. I saw her shaking her head and I thought she hated it too. No, I was shaking my head at Brady. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for making assumptions about me, Steven. I'm sorry! So you two are the only ones on the planet, then. Maybe. That's okay. We'll have our own little fan club for our hats. <laughs> yeah. T-shirts. It's all good. And another thing for me is, as Aldo mentioned earlier, when it's too freaking long. I, I would say that if the theme song is too freaking long, then most of the time I'll skip it. Like Gilmore Girls, for like the first three seasons, I'm like, if you're out on the road. I just got then, that out of my head. Thanks a lot. I would literally watch the first little bit of they, that they did at the show, had my, my Roku remote ready to skip it, click. Yeah, no, I, I skipped the intro to Gilmore Girls as well. It's not just the music, because the song is 
fine, honestly. Right. It's not great. It's not my taste, but it's Carole fine. King, it's fine. But another big part of, of the intro sequence to a television show or to a movie is the visual imagery. Right. And if you have this opening sequence and all you're doing is pulling clips from the pilot to put in there, yeah. like, it's wasted potential. And the Gilmore Girls, the, the opening sequence is bland. So, yeah. Brady, I know, I know both you and I, I believe Steven as well, has seen Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Oh, uh, I, this, so, <laughs> so every time they switch the, you know, the intro theme... I don't know if you guys are like me, but like the first two or three episodes, I'll sit there and watch the whole thing, and every time after that, I've timed it to the point where I'm like, all right, a minute and 30, okay, click. A minute and 30, click. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that, that's exactly me, and just anime in general. I'll usually watch the opening sequence once. If I can tell that it's, oh, it's a different song now, I'll watch it once. And that's it, because for one thing, they go on for like two and a half minutes sometimes. They do. They do. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You're discrediting so many good anime openings, like Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon is great. It's a good I'll watch it every time. Or Marmalade Boy. I don't understand what they're saying because it's in Japanese, but no lie. I'm still going to love that title sequence. If I'm at work and I have a boring data entry project to do, I will shut my office door I will pull out my iPad and I will go to YouTube and I will just go to like a channel of anime opening sequences and just hit play yeah. because I love them. And there are some shows, there are some that I'll skip, but there are some shows where I feel like that opening, because I, again, I talked about this last month, but the opening sequence to an anime does so much to contextualize what you're about to watch yeah. that when I'm marathoning the show, I will watch the opening every time. I uh, you're, you're, I think we're probably on the same page, and I think you—it's probably on your list to talk about later. <laughs> but the opening to Cowboy Bebop—it's—I've it's, got a really long list, and we probably won't talk about any of them. But Cowboy Bebop's opening, yes. For me, it's if I ever feel down, that is the song that gets that gets me like going. That's like the song. I'm like, da -da 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 -da. anyways. So yeah. God, it's, I love a, it. it's like a Pavlovian response. You hear the music, and oh, like my wife used to have the Office theme song for any, <laughs> whenever someone from work called her phone. <laughs> and then that works. now she just has uh, the Parks and Rec music for everything. Yeah. So that's another one. But that's one where it, like, you know, can get you in the mood. Of, oh yeah. Uh, we've noticed that the uh, like the like for Big Bang Theory we have them on DVD, and that will play over the the intro or the um, menu over and over and over and over and over again. You get sick of it. Oh yeah. More right. so than just like watching the show. So that's one we always skip. I think it's like like Daredevil on Netflix. They might be okay giants. With, it's, yeah, they might not be that good. <laughs> oh, right. yeah, there's some ladies. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, Big Bang Theory was a show that Brady loaned me one, and I watched like two or three seasons of it over a weekend because I was sick. And as I was marathoning it, that intro got me really excited for the next episode. It's like mm -hmm. I would sit there lying down, you know, exhausted and achy because I'm sick, but I'd be like conducting the music as they're singing and just getting really excited for the next episode. And after that. I can't watch the show anymore. Yep. yep. Being sick and watching a television show ruins it for me. I, I haven't watched The Office since my last bout with the flu. For that Ooh. for that reason. Um But yeah, so um Yeah, we were talking about what makes a sequence skippable and somehow we wound up back at the good stuff. Uh, <laughs> well why would we want to talk about stuff that sucks? That's true, I mean stuff? here at Reviews versus the World we like to be positive. Yay! Yay. So 
Here, here's another thing. I'll, let's get a little bit negative here again. For a All second. right, I'm excited. So he's, not, he's not done with Firefly yet. <laughs> <laughs> so there's something you know. I've I've gone back and I've tried to watch some of the things from when I was a kid that I used to enjoy, and I have no idea at this point in my life why I enjoyed them as a kid. But a great example would be Power Rangers. Now, this is something that a lot of shows in that time period did, where they would have characters, you know, doing their own thing, like, oh, I'll do a few punches in the air, and then I'll look at the camera and smile. Oh, my God. Wait, uh, I love that crap. So nice. I was going to say, if you do not love that, I don't think we can be associates. <laughs> uh, okay, then, because that's, that's like my childhood ended. I was like... You know, fine with Ninja Turtles, fine with other stuff, and then Power Rangers came out, and I was like, I'm done with this crap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was, but I was like, no. That, I think but, that was a, a common trait in 90s television it, shows. It, and yeah, exactly. It, it is really cheesy, and I don't think it holds it, up it, very it, well. It, it makes me think, oh, here I am, I'm in character. Just kidding. <laughs> so, so I don't know if anybody had this planned, but has anybody seen the Too Many Cooks yes. internet video? Which is just a giant 10-minute long parody on all sorts of movie intros, and that is the one consistent trope that they have through the entirety of the whole thing, is that everybody stops what they're doing, and they look at the camera, and they have the name of, like, the actress or actor. I think it's fun. It's like Family Matters. You have the cheery music swelling in the background, you see everybody doing their thing. Oh, I'm turning and smiling at the camera because it's the 90s, and I'm feeling this, and I love it. I like As to assume I'm an intruder in their personal life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're acknowledging me. So there's one more thing that I want to bring up because I, you know, grew up in the '90s. I like a lot of '90s entertainment, early 2000s entertainment. Um, there is one thing that if this is in your title sequence, chances are I will skip your title sequence, and that's if you rap. Oh. In Westville, uh, there'll be a one exception. Okay, one exception <laughs> is the, right. the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. If you are not Will Smith, don't rap. But wait, how many? Maybe it's because I have terrible memory. But how many intros actually tried rap? For so one of my nothing that lasted. <laughs> one of my favorite Nickelodeon shows is a show called Danny Phantom. Which oh, is, yeah. Yeah, Danny oh, Phantom's yeah. really... It's oh, a good show. It it's about a kid. He's in junior high. He gets ghost powers, so he's basically Spider-Man if Spider-Man was dead. And, um... Danny, it's, Danny it's Phantom was just 14. Yeah. Yo, Danny Phantom, he was just 14 when his parents was, built the very strange machine. machine. It's so <laughs> bad. It is so bad. His molecules got all rearranged. Phantom, Phantom. <laughs> yeah, it is... Uh, it, nothing... It, it's, it's poochy. Isn't that it? Like, you're trying to be cool and you can't. It's so rap unless you, you are him a little bit. <laughs> unless you are legitimately a rapper. But I mean, you want to talk about the strength of a good opening. Um, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, I think, is a fine example. Oh, yeah. uh, long, I don't remember when this was. Um, there was a concert called Live Eight. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, I want to say it was in 2008, but that seems like that's too recent. No, no. But they like had these massive concerts at eight big cities in the world, and it had all of these megastars get up and perform their greatest hits to raise money for uh, hunger or AIDS. AIDS. It was AIDS. Yeah. Um, most of them performed two songs. Some of them performed three. Will Smith. This was back when he was legitimately still a huge music superstar. He performed four songs, but really one of the songs didn't count because he gets up. And he holds out the microphone and says, all right, I want to see if you guys can do this. 
And he goes, yo, this is the story all about how that's it. The audience, <laughs> the audience rapped the rest of the song. Awesome. And it was amazing. Actually, since we're talking about rap, and you guys might have seen it, um, but One Piece. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. The One Piece, it's a, it's a pirate <laughs> anime, and yeah. in, in Japan it has a... It's a decent intro song. It's alright. But in the United States, this was when back when they were like, we need to make this thing that's already targeted at teens. We need to make it more targeted at teens. What do they like? Terrible rap. <laughs> it's so bad, you guys. It's, and it starts out with like, ya, yo, ya, yo. And it's just like, that's part yo, of the Yo, his name is Ufe. That's Monkey D. Gonna be the king of the pirates. I know. Yeah, this, this is all <laughs> Poochie to me. This is just Poochie. So, <laughs> I'll admit. This song is bad. It is kind of a guilty pleasure for oh, me, so but it is fun. so bad. He's made of rubber. How did that happen? Yo, ho, ho. He, he took, took a bite of gum gum. It's so bad. Oh, it is man. so bad. You know what? You That's your guilty pleasure. Uh, pleasure. Mine is a Danny Phantom theme song. <laughs> <laughs> I love All of the above. Okay. So we're going to take a, a quick break here. Um, when we come back from the break, we're going to take some time, and we're each going to go around and talk about some of our favorite opening sequences, why they work for us, what makes them great? Um, we'll we'll just fan out for a bit. I love this. Yeah, this, this is gonna be fun. Yeah, this is gonna be so fun. All right, so we'll see you in about however long it takes for the the music to play. Bye. If you've never if you've never read Ms. Marvel, guys. Ms. Marvel is the comic. That was your first recommendation on the very first podcast, right? It was my number one yeah. for the, the top five for, for 2015. 2014. For 2014, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, And the thing is, the third volume came out recently and I picked it up. It gets better. Yeah. Like, it actually gets better as it goes along, which is, uh, like, I'm, uh, once the fourth, I, once Ms. Marvel volume one finally comes out in trade altogether, uh, I'm going to do a review of the whole thing. Cool. Because... Ms. Marvel is so cool, and I have so much to say about it. And very, very little negative. So, speaking of our number ones, they released a, they released a trailer for Fargo Season 2. That yeah. made me that. so happy. I forgot to ask you what your thoughts were on the Archie reboot. I want to read it. Because I'm a recent kind of convert to Archie. <laughs> I have Archie comics. Am I pointing at the Archie comics? Yeah, they're right there. I heard the uh, zombie one wasn't bad. Yeah, it, I I don't like zombies, though. So I'm not I heard Archie vs. Predator was <laughs> I hear that Archie vs. Punisher is actually really good because it's got both of these characters and they are both 100% true to who they are all the time throughout the whole thing. And the fact that Archie vs. Punisher is a thing that exists means that we live in the best of all worlds. Yep, that's very true. Can, can I just take this moment to mention that Punisher's casting for season two of Daredevil is so freaking perfect. Yeah, because I don't know that actor. John Bernthal. He's yeah. um, he's in. Did you watch Grudge Match? Uh, no. He's in the first couple of seasons of The Walking Dead, and like he's he's perfect for it. I'm just, very very. Excited. I just know him from Grudge Match, and I was like, I'm that's, okay with that. That's the boxing like Sylvester Stallone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so we can start whenever. No. Oh yeah, so we've been talking about Daredevil and comic books and Archie for like the last. Five minutes, but we're recording, so why don't we get started again? <laughs> All right, let's do it. Okay, so, uh, yeah, that was only like 30 seconds for you. That was like an hour and a half for us. Yay! <laughs> Tangent. John's shaking his head. I'm sorry. Anyway, so, 
We talked a lot about what makes a good intro, a little bit about what makes a bad intro. Right now, we're just going to geek out and talk about some of our favorite intros to some of our favorite movies and television shows, and perhaps even video games? Question? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, so, John, why don't you start us off? We're going to go around at least, at least I think, twice, give everybody a chance to talk about two shows. Uh, but, yeah, John, why don't you start us off? You know, all of mine are movies. That's great. I didn't think about TV shows when... You know, TV shows to me, it was just, it's like the business of the show, and like, you know, it doesn't, yeah. But I forgot, like, I love the intro when you've got a good intro to a movie. Yeah. Like, it's a great thing, because you don't see it very often anymore. So, yeah, I'm glad you're here to talk about this. Well, I'm glad I get to go first, because I'm taking the most iconic one, Star Wars. (laughs) I didn't even think about Star Wars. Right? Didn't even think about that. I was making a list, I have a bunch of other movies, and I was like, wait a minute. The opening crawl... Give a little bit of story. The music. That's like, the, the best movie music uh-huh. ever. Uh-huh. Not once you've listened to it like 80 times in three months. No. Well, that sounds Whatever. like a personal problem. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It, oh, just, and, and, and good or bad, when I go to the theater in December, I'm still going to have those chills that you get. Seeing a Star Wars movie in the theater for the first time, yeah. well, I, you know, when, fingers crossed. Love when, when they, it's gonna happen. When they played that song in the trailer with the with the Millennium with the with the Millennium Falcon, and uh-huh. that music swells up, and it, the that song, I was just like, I got chills on my spine. I got a little knot in my throat. <laughs> I thought I was gonna throw up and cry. I I, I, I got that. I got the chills with the Comic Con behind the scenes footage that they had. I haven't seen that either. <laughs> that, oh. I'm going in blind. I'm going in blind. Good for you. It's so hard. Oh, oh. It's so hard. I, just, I had to have a, like a little taste of something, so I did watch Batman vs Superman. So I I'm like, sorry. What? Uh, we could we could no, do an entire two hour podcast about how I unexcited I am for Batman vs Superman. <laughs> I know. Seriously. No, I, I understand both sides. I'm I'm giving it a chance. It looked oh, all right. Pretty stumped actually. I, I, I gave it a so. chance. The chance was called Man of Steel. No Let's, more chances to be given. Let's go back to our happy place. <laughs> so Star Wars is amazing. <laughs> um, opening crawl. Um, as long as it doesn't talk about trade disputes, it's great. <laughs> you know, Princess Leia is running away from the evil uh, Galactic Empire, and Galactic Empire is all capitalized. Got it. Good. Let's go. And then it blows you away and leads really well into it and fades off into space, and then you're in space. You know, like great opening. Gets you, gets you ready. Gets you in the mood. Get that music. Just is. Oh, you're ready for it. So adventure. good. You but it's ready. so simple. Yeah. Like, we're going to talk about a lot of openings that I think that are really involved. That are really like. There's going to be a lot of imagery. Star Wars is just the logo, the music, and that crawl. Just the text. It makes you read. Yeah. Who goes to a movie to read? Exactly. But it works so well. There's something to that because it gets parodied by every dang thing in the world. Yep. But, yeah, that's brilliant. And it's embarrassing that it took me... You know, however long it took to make this list to go, oh yeah, wait, hold on, this is the genesis of all the movie, like, intros. I mean, it's not like, you know, the first time they did it, it's like old Flash Gordon serial kind of style. Right. But when, you know, movies, blockbusters in our day, you know, what do we think of Star Wars? So, yeah. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, such a good choice, great John. Pain. Great Such pain. a good choice. I just want to get uh, that out of the way. Too, yeah, like, good, dude. good call. Brady. What do you got? All right, so I'm going to go with something that I mentioned earlier, and I'm going to combine the two, and I'm going to take Simpsons and Futurama. It's fair to combine those, I think. I think that's fair. And the reason why they are so wonderful is they keep so much of it the same for season after season after season after season after season after season, but the things that they change from episode to episode make me want to watch 
the opening credits every time. Yeah. For for Futurama, it's just that opening tag. For The Simpsons, it's whatever Bart's writing on the chalkboard and the couch gag. Now, couch think, gags are great. Do you think the couch gag or the Futurama bits? Because they they do other they do other stuff besides just the like. I, I can't even think of the crawls. I just know they're always funny. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, uh, like, one, of, one of my favorite things about the Sims the Simpsons intros is when they do like a big drastic change or something. Like when they went to the second Springfield and they did the intro halfway through the episode. And they go through the old... The Thompsons, and they go to... Oh, <laughs> and they go to the old town, and it moves straight over yeah. to the new town. That, oh, uh, so which good. I don't know Cape Fear, one of the best, season yeah. five, one of the best episodes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. definitely, definitely. But I, I will say, I've always been a huge Simpsons fan. Of course, like all good Simpsons fans, not lately. And, <laughs> but I have watched one thing from this last season... And that was the Rick and Morty oh, yeah. guest appearance for the couch gag, which was absolutely hilarious. And Rick and Morty is another show that I would recommend if no children are watching and you don't feel bad feeling bad. <laughs> <laughs> or you're like me and you just don't care. <laughs> the Aldo method. <laughs> anyway, so Simpsons and Futurama. There's mine. Those are great choices too. Really uh, like I'm not a I'm not a Simpsons fan. But I love the chalkboard gags. I love the couch gags. Yeah, I know, guys. Don't give me that look. Seasons three through ten of The Simpsons are perfect. Perfect. I'd say two through, well, a couple episodes of two through twelve. Because twelve, you have the Hunger Games, uh, the Hunger Strike one. We've already talked about this on the podcast. I know. I so, know. I know. Really good at some point, some point, somebody's gonna have to try to convert me to The Simpsons. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll force you to watch it like you force us to watch Gilmore Girls. You're welcome for that. <laughs> 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 so Emily, you're up for your first pick. Um, it might sound kind of stupid. I really like the nanny. <laughs> and you know? That opening, that that <sighs> is so fun because not only is the song fun, the show is not animated, but the opening title sequence is animated. It shows off all the quirky characters. It does and their tell the story. And it tells it is the very story. functional. And yeah, I kind of like that. that. Song's back in my head. I've never seen a whole episode. Either. I probably know more theme like, songs than oh, you'll ever, ever, the, ever want to know in your life. So if you should, ever need some, I've, no, I'll we, start we played this. My sister called me up from college and just started playing theme songs, and I had to name them all. I got all of them except for Who's the Boss? Ooh. And like, Perfect Strangers was on there, and that's like a deep pull. Yeah, from yeah, like, yeah. Well, was this on before Full House? Was it? Well, anyway, Nanny, <laughs> Nanny's good. I wouldn't ever have thought of that because I didn't watch it. But then it's, I love it, that it's Nanny. really like. Tells her whole story. Mm-hmm. So you got the animated characters. Like I, I don't even think I know the song actually. Oh, I could sing it. Why don't you? <laughs> oh, that's okay. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I kind of like it when a, when a show has like the animated characters instead of the actors. Um, it's it's another one of those things that dates it because I think that's really more common yeah. to like eighties eighties sitcoms. Mm-hmm. It but really still, I mean, it's pretty functional. It's a good way to tell your story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cool. It's a good choice. Gold star. Aldo. Gold star, everybody. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 has... With a video game! So, yes, it's a video game. So, it's not like the actual... It's not what you think is the intro, because when you play it, you boot it. You think it's the intro with the whole him talking on the 
the communicator and you know him diving and jumping and then he reveals himself. No, you think that's the intro. It's not. Um, the intro happens after you've gone underground and you start climbing this extremely long and exaggerated ladder. And as you start climbing the ladder, the Metal Gear Solid 3 theme song starts playing. And as you keep climbing, you start getting credits while you're climbing up this ladder. And the theme song to the whole thing is playing. And it's a very campy, James Bond yeah. type of song. And it's kind of one of my favorite things because it's not interactive per se, but you are still partaking in the game while this is all happening around you. Right. That's actually getting That's pretty it. common in video games because I think the Arkham games do that Arkham too. City is wonderful. Yeah, Arkham City... Totally forgot about Arkham City's oh, man. opening sequence until just now, but yeah, it does the same thing. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was planning on talking in my second round. I have to pick something else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to work out how Metal Gear Solid would work into the tune and, and everything of Goldfinger. <laughs> <laughs> Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Yeah. That's a that's a, yeah. geez, that's a great pick. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. It's, I didn't it's, think video games would work. It's one of those things where Metal Gear Solid tries to be so cinematic, it's a movie. Right. And stops being a video game. <laughs> oh, yeah. I haven't played that game. It's good. Okay, so, um, I'm not gonna lie, I could really just pick like three different anime intros, because I, I said this last month when we talked about uh, Fire Emblem, Cross, uh, <laughs> Shinobi Tensei. I just love anime opening sequences um, <laughs> so much, you guys. There's one in particular that I want to talk about, and it's for a show called Steins Gate, which I just watched this past month. Um, the reason that I love this intro so much is because it tells you what to expect, and it locks you in for something that's coming later in the story. Steins Gate is an adaptation of a visual novel, basically a dating sim. You're a main character, and you're going through, and there are all these different women that you could choose to romance, and... Yeah, it's a. I, I hate these these anime based on these games because they're just like total wish fulfillment. Steins Gate is something completely different. It's a story about time travel, and it goes to some really dark places. And that's what the opening does. You're gonna see a couple of like funny hijinks and some like off color gags and things in the episodes. But that introduction has got this really like driving song that is a little bit dark. The imagery behind it is all very dark. You see the main character and you see like multiples of him walking down the street kind of showing you the different timelines and it creates this epic scope and it shows the characters fading in and out of view. The imagery, it's not like dark or violent, but it tips you off that something about this isn't going to conform to the normal flower blossoms flowing through the breeze as the girl turns around and your eyes meet from across the orchard and all of a sudden your life will never be the same. It's not like that at all. And that intro carries a lot of weight. I watched the entire show in three sittings. Huh. And yeah, this is a 24 episode anime, so that's a lot of TV to be watching. Um, but every time, like I'd skip, I'd skip through to get to the uh, next episode. But once that theme song hits, I'm planted on the couch, I am watching it, I am listening to it. Oh, man, great music. Great, great little number. Aldo's breaking my stuff. It's my stuff that's breaking. <laughs> well, that's what's better, then. Anyway, 
don't think anybody can really contribute because I don't think anybody's seen the show, but the intro's great. Let, check out the intro on YouTube, if nothing else. That's very cool. All right, let's do another pick. John. I'm trying to narrow it down. You know, if we are going through these pretty fast, we might do a third yeah. round. All right. Well, Just, then, like, if we do a yeah, really I'll quick third round. third round. We'll do a really quick third round. All right, yeah. real quick. Uh, I like this as going into, you know, using the opening credits for something besides just throwing up the names. Robin Hood Men in Tights. <laughs> you, you get this, you know, they're making fun of Robin Hood Prince of Thieves, and so they have a bunch of archers with uh, bows, and they're just shooting them through the sky, and the names light up and everything. Well, then you see that they're shooting them into a village, and they're burning down a village with all of these lit arrows. They, all the villages come out every time they make one of these movies, they burn our village down. Leave us alone, Mel Brooks! Uh, <laughs> so... Yeah, That's using good. using it, you know, if you're gonna have if you have to say who's in the movie and you know who the casting director was, might as well make it funny or make that, it. That's yeah, true. that kind of reminds me. Uh, it's it's not an intro sequence; it's the exact opposite. But whose line whose line is it anyways? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. all the their, the way they would end the episode with yeah, just by the using the, yeah, yeah, kind of reminds me using using something that you have to use. Uh, might as well do something fun with it. Yeah, rather than like in that show, rather than just sitting through, you know the. Closing credits, just scrolling over the screen. They add something, you know, one more yeah. funny little bit. It makes it part of the experience. Yeah, yeah, that, that's really important. I think it, it's one of the things that I lament about shows that don't have a title sequence or don't have a good one is that the title sequence can and should be something that builds your experience. Yeah, and yeah, having a bunch of like innocents randomly slaughtered it seems to be a really appropriate way to start a Mel Brooks film. These <laughs> 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 good choices, guys. So, Brady? All right. I'm going to go for a classic here. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> I didn't even think about this. Yeah, oh, my gosh. gosh. How did I not think of that? Was that on your list, Emily? Uh-huh. Okay. It's, it's, it. it's uh. been a while. Can you enlighten me, please? <laughs> so, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> about 30 seconds oh, into yeah. the opening credits, all of a sudden... Like, what? what's the message? So, how it starts or, is they have subtitles in... Phone Norwegian, and oh, it's that's like right. starting, and, about, and, it's, and, about so, and it's like with, and it lo- starts listening to people, and so it just says weak, also also weak, <laughs> and then it's and then it just starts telling stories. It's like why not? My my cousin saw a moose once. Moose once bit my sister. Yeah, that's what. No, I really, she was covering her initials on the side of the, <laughs> and so it like the, the music stops. They say those people who have been set in charge, uh, the Put people that are uh, 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 the titles, uh, the titles, uh, yeah, have been sacked. And then it pops up, mind you, moose bites can be pretty nasty. <laughs> the people who sacked the people who have been sacked have not been sacked. <laughs> <laughs> and then they throw in fake credits in the middle, like moose is trained by um, moose trained to sign complicated insurance forms and mix concrete. <laughs> moose to the left on the third scene, and, the, and it just goes off, and then it stops again, and they say. All right, the credits have been completed at a great expense and at the last minute with no organization. And then it's like, <laughs> and, and then it's like mariachi music. Yeah, <laughs> with bright, flashy bright colors. Black and oh, white going to wonderful. bright colors with with the names of llamas thrown in there, mixed with the real people. And oh then, my it, yeah. gosh! I'm gonna say something that might be a little controversial. The title sequence to Monty Python and the Holy Grail is the best part of the movie. You're forgetting, uh, you're forgetting scene three. 
<laughs> Old woman! Man. Man, sorry, what knight lives in that castle over there? I'm 37. Uh, what? I'm 37, <laughs> I'm not old. I can't just call you man. You could say Dennis. But I never called Dennis. You didn't bother to find out, did you? Well, I did say sorry about the old woman, but from behind you look, well, I object to you, so I might treat me like an inferior. Well, so, for the next two hours, <laughs> we're going to recite the entirety of Monty Python. No, I got it. I got that down to a tight 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Good choice. Very solid choice. Emily, your second pick. My next one's not as cool. Thanks, Brady. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I stole it. I like the, the title sequence to the show Doug. Doug! Exactly. Oh! See, there's no words to the You're like poking my brain. You're like, let's find some old stuff that you haven't thought about in a while. I'm, I'm good for this all the time. And, and again, the sequence like shows all the different characters, even shows some of Doug's personalities that it kind of... Well, and his relationships like. to the characters, because oh, like, yeah. the bully, you know, Roger's kind of... Well, Roger goes into the... Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. really good. <laughs> Important job. You want to talk about, like, Pavlov. You hear, like, the theme song to a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Like, that's going to draw you into the room, isn't it? The, oh, yeah. the Doug theme song? That is so catchy. That song... It's the strength of a good song, in it? All of those Nicktoons for a while there, like Ren and Stimpy and Rock Rose Modern Life and oh, yeah. hey, All Real Monsters, Hey Arnold, uh, you know, Doug, all of them was like, oh, hey, oh, yeah. I don't know, watch it. Cartoon, but, huh? When I be, decide to finally be an adult, I think I'm going to have a doorbell that just plays Nickelodeon theme songs. negating <laughs> 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 becoming an adult. <laughs> the, the world of the man-child is not a bad Do not go quietly into that good night. Throw <laughs> <laughs> in like one Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, yeah. As well. so you yeah, because Doug's still over. Like, girl, yeah. what's her name? I just kind of want Hey Arthur on there. There you go. Yeah. Hey Arthur? Yeah, Arthur. Arthur? Arthur. You mean the hey theme Arnold. song to Arthur? Yeah. Or are you talking about Hey Arnold? No, Arthur. Arthur. Arthur's okay. got a great theme no, song. No, 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 there's just a part in there when they go, Hey Arthur. Hey Arthur! Yeah. So that's why I think that's... D.W. Anyways. I never watched that. That is not my pick. <laughs> Doug, Doug, man. And Doug crossed over to from Nickelodeon. Doug. We don't need to talk about that. Well, that was a, that was he just got long movie. sleeves. That well, was a he, had, <laughs> he, added, he added a hair to his head, and they cut Patty's hair. And Roger they got made rich. A movie with and, some kind of... And that's a dark it, time we don't of, speak like, of, monster. apparently. I don't know. Do you know Skeeter's full name? No. Mosquito. <laughs> Mosquito Valentine. Are you kidding me? I am not. That's I right. Everything about this. I there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, the Doug. That's a good Doug. pick too. I just oh, I'm gonna have that song in my head for the rest of the night. Oh, yeah. yeah, good one. Until I bring up Saved by the Bell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 until that ringing and it's literally a <laughs> Well, until we let let's be honest. Until we mention any other theme song from my childhood. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. All right, yeah. Aldo, what is that? Aldo, oh. next pick? Uh, my next pick is actually the theme song from Evangelion. Yeah. From Frequently considered to be the best anime theme, theme song, song of all time. I disagree, but it is good. They, they constantly do polls like with the Japanese youth, and they go like, what's the number one karaoke song? What's the number one TV song? What's the number one anime? You know, whatever. And consistently, it's in the top five for like, one of the best songs. Because it's just so darn catchy, but it's also... It doesn't set you up for what the show is going to be. In fact, it does the exact opposite of what I said an intro should do. <laughs> because it's very, like, upbeat. It's kind of pop. It's It's almost like something from the freaking Muppet show. But it's, like, it's so bouncy. But, but it does the thing that 99 Red Balloons does, where it sounds really upbeat, and it's you, you kind of want to dance to it. 
and then you listen to the lyrics, or you know, in that case, you read the lyrics, and it's about because his, you don't speak Japanese. Yeah, and it's about like his internal struggle and like the depression and the fact that he's gonna have to j- fight giant monsters and it's like, all against his will essentially. He wants to and, be the best there ever was. So, so you're saying that it's almost like they're lying to us through a song? Just about. Hey, would people do that? But that, that was actually going to be one of my choices. Um, <laughs> Pokemon was going to be on the board. We can all agree that yeah. the Pokemon theme song is the best theme song of all theme but, uh, songs. But if you do, I believe I mentioned Saved by the Bell. But if you do have a chance, I do recommend just going online, looking up like Evangelion theme song or... A Cruel Angel's Thesis is the name of the song. Yeah, that that should be a tip-off that this isn't going to be bright and cheery. But yeah. the song sure sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> the imagery carries a lot of weight there, too. Yeah. It, it's got a lot of flashing images. It does a lot of flashing. It does a lot of what you're going to see in the show. Because uh-huh. the, like, like I talked about it you know, a podcast ago, the show has a lot of uh, sections where it's just kind of one scene where nothing really happens, and then... The fight sequences and the kind of the mental stuff—it's like really quick, flashing, blah blah blah. It really kind of goes ties it ties back to the intro sequence where there's a lot of flashing. You're like, what am I watching? Um, yeah. I feel like Aldo and Steven should hit, like we should do a podcast that's a dummy's guide to anime where you guys sit me down and have me watch anime. <laughs> John. Well, there were a lot of robots. There sure were. <laughs> <laughs> but what was the real meaning? <laughs> uh, that. Uh... <laughs> I feel like I'm back in my literature classes. Like, oh, no. All I got to say to that, John, is challenge accepted. I will do it. <laughs> I'd be willing to try it. I don't think I'll like it, but I'd be willing. To I think we could find a couple. As someone who has fought against anime and their evil forces all my life, and has recently started to try to give in, it's possible to give in. They got you too, huh? They got me a little bit. I'm not. I'm not fully converted I, yet. Brady's yeah. a bad person. I have an idea, but I think we should discuss it in the break. But, okay. Stay tuned, guys. Oh my gosh. So, cartoon guy, I love the openings to cartoons. I gotta Better say, not take mine. I gotta say, one of my favorites, and I don't think it gets talked about terribly often. I'm relatively certain nobody here has talked about it. But if I say it and you've seen it, you're gonna go, oh yeah. The opening to Batman Beyond. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, no, wait, that's Batman no, the Animated Series. Yeah. Batman the Animated Series has a great intro to it. Batman Beyond. Um, oh yeah, it has, like, it has like that weird techno-ish. Yeah, it's it's like techno futuristic cyberpunk Batman. Um, the opening was done. It's fun fact. The opening was designed by Darwin Cook, who is a fantastic comics artist. You can see it. Yeah. Yeah, you can kind of see it, but it really sets up this dystopian Gotham City where you've got. Greed and corruption, and I actually think it pops the words greed and corruption up on the screen. I think there's a part where there's like this wall that's just completely spray painted with, like, I think the words greed and corruption, and like a spotlight flashes across it. Yeah, and then the word hope appears, and it's Batman, but you know, young robot suit Batman. Right. Terry Um, McGinnis. Terry McGinnis, who's a fantastic character. The The second greatest character to come out of the animated universe. Yeah, he's pretty good. First, you're gonna say is Harley Quinn? Yeah, I think that's pretty much irrefutable. Um, But there's this great thing that I found out about it. Um, I found out about the show much after the fact. Um, There's a sequence where you've got this, like, rotating shot of a character, and it just, like, brings old cranky Bruce Wayne's face right to the forefront. And it looks 3D and kind of out of place. It looks kind of like it's CG, Mm -hmm. but in that early, you know, 21st century bad CG stuff. Not CG. Darwin Cook created the action figure and put it on a turntable. Wow. 
and so, took a shot of it. You want to talk about setting the atmosphere of a show. Like, it's got the urban corruption, it's got the young, sexy, hot disco nightlife, um, and it's got... Oh, it, it is actually a really good intro. Probably not as good as the Batman the Animated Series intro, intro which but... Which is so good. Which is so good. But, but it's really noteworthy. So back when I was working at the comic book store, I, we had a TV there, and for the most part, 80% of the time we were there, or I was working there, we had The Simpsons playing. For a time, I got, I got tired of The Simpsons. I mean, and you can only take eight hours of Simpsons so much. Um, <laughs> we brought in the Batman Beyond Complete series, and I watched that series completely about four times. Wow. It's, it's not as good as some of the other DC Animated Universe stuff, but well worth, I, well worth looking into. I think, it's, I think it's better than the first season of Justice League. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Anyways. Anyway, but the opening sequence, yes. love it. Absolutely love it. Cool. Okay, we're going to do one more choice each. John. Well, since it hasn't been, I thought it would be taken already, but I'm going to say James Bond. I thought you were going to take it. Uh, well, yeah, we were, we're totally going to leave it to you. you have it. Well, thanks, guys. I, I, uh, no, I really wanted to say Mel Brooks because I thought that was funny to like, incorporate that. So I'll talk specifically about Skyfall since it's the most recent that came out. Um, really great. So, like, Bond is, you know, well known for the title sequences. There's a you know, separate unit that puts those together. Um, this one was particularly great because it had images for the whole movie, um, you know, showing the house they end up at the end of the movie, showing Bond kind of in this, you know, part part alive, part dead state, um, you know, fighting the villain, you know, not so much with the girls and guns, you know, if that disappointed you, sorry, I thought this was cooler how they did it, <laughs> but um, really amazing, uh, you know, in the in the, you know, uh, spirit of the of the old ones, you know, this newest uh, Bond movie. Um, you know, you know that you're gonna, you know that's part of what you're gonna get with that. I even liked Casino Royale, where they departed a lot from what they were, you know, usually used to, because I really liked, you know, the graphics they did, and, and uh, I liked that song too, and I like how it was incorporated through the whole movie. It'd be, it's a shame that they didn't do it with, with Adele's Skyfall, because it's an amazing song. Oh, Adele's got such a good voice too, song. and and it was perfect for a Bond theme yeah. song. Do you do you think she uses a Mac or Adele? Uh, oh. oh my God! Thank you. Now I gotta say, I gotta say, since Nate is not here, Casino Royale was gonna be one of the ones Nate spoke about. Oh yeah, today. yeah. It's uh, really cool. Yeah, too. it's probably number two for me, and then Goldfinger, Goldeneye. Yeah, all of the James Bond intros. I don't like James Bond. It, it took Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig converted me to James Bond. All I right. didn't like the older stuff. Um, but I always liked the opening sequences because they were right. so artistic. I grew yeah. up on the Connery stuff, so that's for me that's the James Bond, which yeah. I think for a lot of people is. But yeah, that's fair. And, and like some of them don't hold up as well, but yeah. good, bad, whatever, I still like them. Yeah, true. Not never say never again. <laughs> it's not an Eon production. So, so so never say never say never again. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that got so confusing. Well, you guys laughed at that one, but no, not my Dell. That's because I'm clever. <laughs> I, I hadn't heard his joke. So, <laughs> it wasn't a better joke. It just was new. <laughs> you haven't had yeah. time to hate it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So just, yeah, James Bond, um, really great. The whole the whole yeah. series of them. You know, 24, I think we have. I mean, that's yeah. just so iconic, the whole gun barrel. Yeah, the gun barrel, all of that. Jeez, you know? yeah. And talking about things that have been parodied, parodied over and over and over again. Yeah. That yeah. James Bond sequence with the gun. Watch Spy Hard. Speaking of theme songs, the Weird Al Spy Hard. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. so good. So, Brady, Great. Dazzle Us. 
with your your incredible wit. I'm going to choose Phineas and Ferb. Oh! <laughs> totally on my list. I've seen one episode and I liked it a lot, but I can't remember the. the uh, I think I'm the only person okay. here who does not like Phineas and Ferb from top to bottom. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> So here's what I love about the... There's a lot of things I love about Phineas and Ferb in general. It's one of the only shows that when I turn it on for my kids, I don't roll my eyes. But the reason why I love the intro is because none of that title sequence happens in the show. It's just for the title sequence. All of the weird things that they do, all of the little sequences that, that it shows, are not actually in the show. And then, at the end, you know, one of the things is that their sister, Candace, always tries to rat on them to their mom, who doesn't believe that they're doing all these weird, crazy things, blah, blah, blah. And so, at the end of the title sequence, every time, you have Candace going, Mom, Phineas and Ferber are making a title sequence. So, it just has that level of meta that I love. Uh, it's, it's even great when they have a themed episode, because it's always different. It's like, Mom, Phineas and Ferb are making a Christmas special, or Mom, Phineas and Ferb are making a Halloween special, or Mom, Phineas and Ferb are making another Halloween special. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll say there was, there's a period of time for about a month where um, my, my five-year-old has autism and is only semi-verbal, but one thing that he would go around saying for about a month was, Mom, Phineas and Ferb are making a title sequence, and it made me laugh every time. I, I was really hoping that you were going to end that with, Mom, Dad keeps playing Phineas and Ferb and won't let me change the channel again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I like that, how it's something just for the title sequence and not just here's everything you've seen in the pilot, and we're going to show you this for years and years until the people in the, this uh, title don't look like anything, like you look at them using images from uh, Friends. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that's another song that gets stuck in your head. And, oh, you know. Yeah. Them dancing around the fountain is from season one, before season one aired, and, and by the end of the series they had all changed, and the haircuts and styles, like clothing styles and everything was so different, so you're kind of, it's kind of a disconnect there, but like, you know, uh, Gravity Falls has a cool... Oh, know, Gravity Falls is that too. <sighs> spooky music sets the tone for the show. It's just its own thing. There are things in there that relate to the rest of the show, but not for, you know, not just... Yeah. There is a moment in a Phineas and Ferb episode where they're making the giant dog that they show for a split second. Oh, yeah? In the title sequence, and they say, oh, we decided to make a giant dog like we did for that title sequence. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, we could talk about Phineas and Ferb for a good long time. Uh, But we're here to talk about title sequences, so unfortunately we have to move on. Emily, Emily, what's your final pick? Um, can I talk about something I love to hate? Oh, Yeah. I talked about that stupid One Piece rap earlier. I'm sorry. I have this weird thing about Disney Channel shows of like the 90s, early 2000s-ish era. Okay. I'm watching a lot of TV. Okay. All of the theme songs are catchy. I still know all of them by heart, whether I still choose to watch those shows or not, because mostly they're horrible. Charming, but horrible. Wait, wait, wait. Give me an example of a horrible show, because you're treading on dangerous ground. Well, I didn't like Wizards of Waverly. Okay, okay, okay. We're we're okay. You can keep going. Um, we're talking about the live action shows. Yes. Oh, okay, that's fine. I thought you were gonna say Kim Possible, and I was going to cry. (laughs) The fact that you said I was gonna cry over Kim Possible says a lot about your state as a 
Kim Possible is so good, you guys. It is. We're gonna I do a cartoon crushes episode. Oh my god! And that'll I be the go top of years. Steven. Uh, 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 put it on the list, Flanagan. Dimitri. All right, we got it. I was gonna say you, Dimitri from Anastasia. I knew it. Guys, yep. save it for the podcast. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> which which specific? Which is the place? I guess that's really the only one. I Just kind of, but they all kind of have that feel of just. Yeah. I had that feel over a period of time in my life that I don't need to go back to. You know what I'm saying? So is it the theme song that you hate from? No, like, I don't hate any of the theme songs. They're all catchy, but they're like hot even, dogs or manufactured. I think the ones that, that really I don't like as much are the ones where because a lot of them are like clip show title sequences. And yeah, they are. Boy named Phil and his family and their stuff. Oh, is that Phil of the Future? Yeah. I was just thinking about oh, that. God. That is the wow. worst. Worst introduction ever. He's a 22nd century man. But there's also ones like Lizzie McGuire, where that, that's not my favorite theme song, man. But all they're doing is tossing dodgeballs to each other. I And like, so it's not even like really introducing their characters in character. They're just bouncing dodgeballs around and throwing them at each other, and it has nothing to do with the show. Sometimes those shows, like, it's, my little niece has told me about Sophia the First, which is like a little princess animated show that features Disney characters, and a new character, Sophia, who finds out she's a prin- princess. I know all of this crap because they sang me the song, and it tells the whole story. They're like, you don't know about Sophia the First? Well, this is a story all about how. And like, whatever the case may be, and I was like, I preferred these kind of theme songs when it was about, you know, a kid in South Philadelphia or East Philadelphia. Wait, West, West Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Born well, and raised. My compass just got all turned around. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Oh no! The thing I said was I miss I miss Hillary Duff. You know that Hillary Duff normal wrote rooms. a like a young adult romance novel. Do you know no, Hillary Duff go, was really oh, horrible? I need to go and buy it. Always. <laughs> she didn't have yeah. Montana on us, which you know. I yeah. don't have a problem with Miley Cyrus. I have a bigger problem with Hillary Duff than I do Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus did not write a young adult romance novel. Miley well, Cyrus, Miley Cyrus became a feminist icon. Think oh, about that. so we yeah. became something, all right. Although we need to move on because thanks to Emily's comment, I now have the theme song to "That's So Raven" That's stuck in my head. I can see. You guys have seen that. I've only like flipped by it, and I was like, "Oh, that was the girl from the Cosby Show," and like. Does she constantly chew gum on that show? Yes, she does. Oh, yeah. She is. Oh, I, it like, is. Two seconds of it, I wanted to bash my head into a it wall. It is 24 minutes of stereotypes. Yeah. Oh, man. terrible. Uh, live action Disney shows, man. Man. Uh, so, I love them. So Aldo, please watch, watch, save us. You watch Zack so, and Cody, too. So, so. Oh, I definitely watch. Oh. It's really bad. Emily <laughs> watches Zack and Cody. Uh, for my pick. Come on. For my pick, I'm going to take you through a quick down, and then we're going to go right back okay, up in the field of strength. So recently, uh, Nintendo CEO Satori Iwata oh, passed away, which that. is a really sad thing. But I kind of went back and started looking at you know some of the stuff that became possible because of him. And I went back to the title intro sequence of Super Smash Bros. Melee. Which has probably one of the greatest like Nintendo medleys of all time because it takes some of the most iconic music from the entire Nintendo library and just mashes it into like three minutes of like the greatest intro ever. And it's so weird for what it is because it's such a high production, you know, cinematic for a fighting game. That was the second one, right? That was the yeah, second one. Yeah, it was for GameCube? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And part, part of the reason why I love it is because 
it was meant to showcase the power of the GameCube, which is why you have the characters come in really, like, go in from, like, statues and transforming and becoming live action, and then you get the operatic music start swelling in the background, and you start seeing them fight each other, and then it gives you glimpses into their own games. You see Link pulling out the sword, and... Yoshi waking up in the middle of a forest and the R-Wings that are passing by and then Samus busts through a wall with Ridley right behind her and you're just like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the best game ever. And then you hop online, not online, you play with your friends, you get your butt kicked and you know what, it's cool because every time you boot that game up, you get that intro sequence. <laughs> yeah. And it's... Oh, man. It's one of, in my opinion, it's still one of the best like intro sequences in games because... It hypes you up and it gives you all these scenarios that are never gonna happen because you're not going on a big grand adventure. You're just beating the crap out of your friends, and it's mm. it's just it's fine. It's like I wish I had theme music when I beat the crap out of my friends. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that I didn't have so many restraining words when I beat the crap out of my friends. <laughs> ah, another video game choice. Yeah. I'm, it's a good one. I'm serious. If you uh, if when you in your anime music video. Looking up time, whatever, whatever. <laughs> look, up, look up the Smash Brothers Melee theme song. Might have to do that. Yeah, I skipped the whole uh, GameCube generation, so uh, I've never played any of those games. You mm. should play Harvest Moon Magical Melody, Harvest Moon, um, um, A Wonderful Life, Harvest Moon, Another theme. Wonderful Life. Um, I love Harvest Moon, guys. Animal Crossing. Steven is a very smart... Monkey Ball. Yeah. Yeah. That's Animal one of the few games. Uh, Animal really Crossing, knows. it's not a title sequence per se, but Animal like the little... The little start the little screen, the, start menu, yeah. Yeah. Right. the little music, it's a very country, rural type thing, and you're just like, I know what game this is going to be, nothing's going to happen. Moving <laughs> 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 on to Steven. No pressure to finish this out strong or anything. Yeah, I've got, I've got a choice. Like, uh, Guys, I could sit here for another three hours and talk about anime intros. I could sit here for another three hours I, and talk about cartoon intros. I could too. <laughs> um, but instead, I'm going to pick one that... Um, Okay, I'm gonna pull the uh, world's most interesting man bit for a minute. I don't always watch X Files, <laughs> but when I do, I watch the title sequence first. And I think this is a must for any sort of horror themed show. Right. That you got to get into that mindset. Not when Twilight I have to drive Zone. in the dark right now. <laughs> You're right. welcome. Stuck in my head. <laughs> Twilight Zone has a great one. Outer Limits has oh, a great yeah. one. Yeah. There's some great horror-themed anime that have these really horrifying opening sequences. Mirai Nikki and uh, uh, Higurashi. What about, uh, so, I, I know it's not technically a horror one, but Soul Eater also has a very spooky sequence. We have to talk about Soul Eater some other time. Anyway, um, but but yeah. the X-Files. You want to talk about Pavlovian Instinct. When I was a kid, when I heard the X-Files theme come on, mm -hmm. I left the room. Me too. X-Files scared the crap out of me, and that opening sequence had so much to do with it. As an adult, I've gone back and watched X-Files, and it doesn't scare me anymore. I've still got a couple of episodes that I like. This is not my favorite show, um, but I could watch the episode with the stretchy guy. Oh, so good. Or the Firestarter guy, those are like, I oh, love yeah. those episodes. Home. Home is my favorite uh, episode, and man, that's so creepy. And you gotta start. You have to start with that. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're all getting goosebumps just from this. I like. It's so effective at what it does. It it sets the tone for that show. It's gonna be creepy, and it's go. It's that theme song that carries you through David Duchovny's stilted acting in those early episodes. <laughs> oh, David Duchovny. Uh, it's that theme song 
that is going to trigger, oh, it, it's going to yeah. set you up. You're going to be in exactly the right mind frame to watch that show if you turn off the lights and sit through that opening song. That's coming back. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I don't know what I think about that. Six episode miniseries. Mm. It's going to be huge because there's a whole, well, I think like Generation X just like I, ate that. Yeah. As long as they keep that theme song in there. I oh, they, they will. They will. Oh. I simultaneously want to and don't want to see an episode about Slender Man. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm gonna have nightmares oh, now! Oh my god! Thank you, Thank you for that. The only thing that's gonna save me from like wetting myself on the drive home in the dark <laughs> is the fact that when he started singing the bum bum, bum I got Downton Abbey in my head. The bum 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 And <laughs> the joke that I make every time we start one of those episodes, the first image you see is a dog's butt. <laughs> in, what, in, in Downton in Abbey. Abbey. He's walking his dog on the grounds of his manor. Downton Abbey. And uh, <laughs> the first thing you see is the puppy butt, and so I'll just shout out, Dog butt! Every time a new episode starts. So, the dog butt can save you from the creepy, creepy <laughs> X-Files. I feel music. like dog butt should be so the name better. of like a sidekick character. And it would be a really cool sidekick. Yo, dog butt! Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm kind of excited for the, the new series, just because I never got into it as a kid, because it was scary. Yeah. Right. And, the, and the, the music, like, just like freaked me out. I'll, I'll say that the first movie still holds up. I, the, the, I like first the first movie. Season of X Files doesn't really. No. Couple of no. couple of good episodes. They have they have like guest stars on it that you're like, oh my gosh! Like they have a young, young, young Jack Black yeah. in one of the early episodes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. creepy. But you also got to like. I remember watching the pilot again as as a I think I was 27 when I watched it again, <laughs> and uh, what's her name? Gillian Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like. She looks like she's 12. She looks like a child. She's so young. And I just, oh my gosh. It, she's it, only 40-something, I think. She I know. She looks good today. She looks oh, great she's today. Gosh. And she's, she's such a child. She's a great actress. She's really good. Yeah, it she's doesn't, a great It actress. doesn't show in those early episodes yeah. of X-Files. Yeah. It, took, it takes that show a while to find its footing. But that theme song, to bring it back to the discussion, the theme song gets it right off the bat. So, can, can, I, can I bring something up before we close it off? Yeah. How many of you guys played the original Resident Evil on the PlayStation? Oh, yeah. Too scared. You guys, Too scared. <laughs> you, know, well, you, you, you probably remember that terrible intro with like all the live action actors. Oh, it's and so they had, bad. Like, that 14-year-old blonde girl who was supposed to be Jill and just all the terrible, like, we're going to look at the camera because we're in a horror movie. Like, what? <laughs> Yeah, going back to that. Absolutely movie, horrible. Luckily, they they fixed it with remake, which yeah. is yeah. But I, I just kind of remember, part. you know, you can make a really good horror intro sequence, or you can make Resident Evil. <laughs> oh man, that was so bad. Guys, guys, we made it through our intro sequence uh, discussion, and not a single person mentioned Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We did mention Pokemon. Though, we so. did mention Pokemon, which. Yeah, now I want to sing that. I want to be the very best. No one ever was. So yeah, this has been a fun discussion. This has been a fun discussion. Um, I yeah, so much of what makes a show, a show like something that you can actually like gravitate towards, something that really defines its identity, comes in that intro sequence. Um, and so I think they're worth talking about. Um, so much good stuff, so much bad skippable stuff too, and every time that happens, it's such wasted potential. I want to yep. sing it again. Pokemon, <laughs> gotta catch them all. Not that. No, 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 oh. no, no, no. Oh. 
You gonna sing the nanny? No. No, you're gonna sing Gilmore Girls, aren't you? <laughs> oh. Yes. That was my pure intention, and then I decided. To Please stop. So yeah, as, after you listen to this podcast, you know, go onto the Facebook page, make a comment about what your favorite theme song is. Yeah. Yeah, have fun with this. Give us Talk things about... that we didn't think of. Yeah, because like, there were a lot of like them. We didn't get to sneakers. Which, oh, um, which is a great one. Um, Scott Pilgrim. Ooh, Scott Pilgrim. Catch me if you can. Didn't yes. talk about the tick. The naked gun. Uh, yeah, we didn't talk about Cowboy Bebop. We didn't talk about Cowboy Bebop. I thought it came up. We came up, but it's like, we're going to talk about it later, and then we didn't talk about it. Cowboy Bebop is great, has a fantastic jazz song. School of Rock. The closing credits in Cap 2, Iron Man 3, The Incredibles. Yeah. Um, Closing credits, that's a separate podcast. Oh, man. (laughs) Closing closing credits of Wally. Wally, uh, a series of unfortunate events. Yeah. Wait. Would the first ten minutes of Up count as an intro sequence? <laughs> Are you talking about the only the good part of Up? Me, because I don't yeah. want to watch the rest. I won't. Just, I watched you know. that movie once, and I'm like, I'm okay with it. <laughs> Guys, I didn't know this about any of you. You are all my best friends now. I thought that I was the only person who didn't like Up. No, I can't I just, watch it. I don't mind yeah. it. It's just after that, the it's Ron after that, it's like that nothing can beat this. Such right. an amazing moment. And the thing is, the rest of the movie, we'll, we'll, we'll have a Pixar cast. We'll have a Pixar cast. We'll, we'll talk about it. Guys, Pixar I, think, I think we have to kind of wrap up this discussion. Emily, I know, needs to go and start packing for move. Um, I'm an adult team. You can save me. Yeah. Some of us have jobs in the morning. What are yeah. jobs? This has been a fantastic discussion, though. Thank you all for coming here and tolerating this this stupid heat in my house. Um, but yeah, your good heat. times. Sometimes. Your heat could be smarter. <laughs> <laughs> so for releases this month, we are actually only going to bring up one thing, because that's the only thing that matters, and it is actually coming out on Friday. And it is Ant-Man. And it is Ant-Man. Oh, actually, I thought you were going to go over video games. I was like, Ant-Man! Actually, Ant-Man. actually I was going to say, if you have time to jump on down to your comic store, pick up any of the Secret Wars stuff that's going out. Yeah, Secret Wars is actually, super entertaining. If, if you, if you want to dip your toes into comic books, jump in there, because everything is like a three or four issue storyline. Very low commitment threshold. It is. And it's fun. just... Straight, fun, great, fantastic stuff. End of the month is Mission Impossible Ghost or uh, Rogue Nation. Yeah. Week after that is Fantastic Four, which I'm... Uh, uh, I'm going to see it. I'm going to see, see it. it. I'm going to see it and hope that it's good. I want to like John Storm. No, I'm fine with that. Like, And, and all of them have been just, stuff that I've liked. But I just want um, Michael B. Jordan. Man from Sorry. U.N.C.L.E. looks kind of cool. Comes yeah. out on the 14th of August. Oh, yeah. And then we have... The James Bond gap. So we're going to talk about more than Ant Man is what we're finding out. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's just stuff we should pay attention to. That's coming out. Yeah. Okay. We can we can skip Minions. By the way, to the oh. saw that and it came out this month and it was not great. Um, oh, Terminator and, Genesis came out this month. Mm-hmm. See them in the Dollar Theater or matinee, and then you'll be okay with it. Anyways. Third volume of Ms. Marvel came out. Woo! So good. And one thing that I would recommend, um, Aldo mentioned the passing of Satoru Iwata. And Such a sad thing. So I, I just have to recommend, because I actually went back and started playing it in his memory, he was a huge part of Earthbound, oh. which is one of my all-time favorite games. And it is now available for download. And it's, and it's available on the Wii U eShop, and it's amazing. Go play it, love it, and honor the memory of a great man. Yep. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, brothers and sisters. How long can you keep this going? I could keep it going for a while, but I'm not going to because we all got to get home. Thank you for joining us 
tonight for this wonderful, wonderful podcast. We'll see you again next month on Reviews versus the World. Yay! Woo! Woo!